0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to our book reading entitled When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. We continue on page 188, Banu Quraida's Treachery. After the Battle of Uhud, the Jewish tribe of Banu Quraida had entered into a pact with the Prophet, peace be upon him, but in the midst of the Battle of the Trench, Huyay bin Akhtab, the chieftain of Badu Nadir, met Ka'ab bin Asad, the chieftain of Banu Kureyda, and got him to renegade on the agreement. After some initial hesitation, Ka'ab broke the covenant and sided with the Quraysh and the pagans. The stronghold of Banu Kureyda lay to the south of Medina, which was where the Muslims had their fortifications and where they had left their women and children, while the men were massed along the north. With the breach of faith by Banu Quraida, the Muslim women and children were imperiled. The Prophet, peace be upon him, rushed Mus'limah bin Aslam at the head of 200 men and Zaid bin Haritha with another 300 men to protect the Muslim women and children. Moreover, Sa'id bin Muayyad and Sa'id bin Ubaida were sent behind them to investigate the matter. The Prophet's envoys found the Jews openly antagonistic. Banu Quraida disparaged the Prophet, peace be upon him, saying, Who is the Prophet of God? We have not entered any pact with Muhammad. The two emissaries reported the situation to the Prophet in just three words, Adal and Qura, indicating that the treachery of the Adal and Qura tribes at Raj'i was being repeated by Banu Kureyda. The Muslims were distressed about their new-found vulnerability. On this occasion, too, the hypocrites barred their fangs. Some of them bemoaned, Muhammad gave us his word that we would possess the treasure of Caesar and Chosros, and here we are in such a plight that we feel unsafe even to answer the call of nature. Others among them fumed, The promise made to us by Allah and his messenger was nothing but delusion. Some jeered at the Muslims, O men of Yadrib, you cannot stand the onslaught. Go back! Another group of hypocrites, after deciding to flee the spot, came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, seeking permission to go back, pleading that their houses were unprotected. When the news of Banu Quraida's treachery reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, he covered his face and head with a piece of cloth and lay flat on his back for a while, quietly introspective. When he arose, however, it was to give the Muslims good tidings. Although he had taken the step of sending the two companies under Zayd and Muslima to protect the women and children, the Prophet, peace be upon him, contemplated sending a message to Uyayna bin Hissan to renew the old agreement. He was willing to cede one-third of the fruits of Medina if Uyayna would retreat with Banu Hadfan. Sa'ad bin Mu'ayyad and Sa'ad bin Ubaidah, the two chieftains of the Ansar, voiced their opposition to any negotiations with the ally-turned-enemy, saying, When both they and we were polythists, they dared not expect even a grain. Today, when Allah has given us Islam and conferred honor upon us through you, are we expected to give them our goods? By Allah, we shall offer them our swords alone. The Prophet, peace be upon him, found the argument reasonable and dropped the idea of sending the offer. At this point, when the war seemed imminent, Noaim bin Mas'ud al-Shajai came to the Prophet, peace be upon him. He belonged to the Hadvan tribe and and had strong ties with both the Quraysh and the Jews. He confided, O Messenger of Allah, I have embraced Islam and my people are still unaware of my faith. What is your command? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, You are alone. What can you do? However, try to split them if you can, for war is nothing but strategy. Noaim accordingly went off to Banu Korayda, who received him with honour. He said to them, You know very well my regard for you. Now I am about to tell you something which you must keep secret. Intrigued, they agreed. Noaim then said, You all know very well what happened to Banu Kainuka and Banu Nadir. Now you have lent your support to the Quraysh and Hadfan, but their situation is quite different from yours. This is your territory wherein are your women, children, wealth and property. You cannot go anywhere else, while your allies' territory, wealth and property and households lie far off. Only if they find an opportunity will they act. Otherwise, they will leave for their own havens, leaving you at the mercy of Muhammad, and he will take revenge at will. After having sown the seeds of disquiet, Noaim left to meet with the Quraysh. Then, addressing all the chieftains collectively, he began, You know I am a great well-wisher of you all. They all chorused their assent. Noaim continued, Now I shall tell you something, but you must keep it a secret. We will do as you say, they replied in one voice. Noaim said, The Jews regret the breach of trust they have committed. They fear that you will go back leaving them at Muhammad's mercy. To appease Muhammad, they have offered to hand you over to him as hostages. Stay alert, and do not yield any one hostage if they should ask you to do so. Then Nuaim called on the Hadfan with the same ploy. His stratagem succeeded in creating mutual suspicion among the Allies. When Abu Sufyan sent a message to Banu Quraida to launch a joint attack the following day, he got a cold response. The Quraysh answered, It is Saturday and we cannot fight. Calamities have befallen us only because we broke the rules of the Sabbath. Secondly, we refuse to fight along with you unless you send us hostages. You might leave for your destinations and leave us defenceless. At this, the Quraysh and the Hadfan said, By God, Nu'im was right. The Quraysh then sent a message to the Quraydah informing them that they would not send any hostages and insisted on them setting out for battle. At this rejoinder, Banu Quraida said, No'im spoke the truth. The alliance was thus shattered. Meanwhile, the Muslims spent this period of impending danger in supplication. O Allah, shelter us and preserve us from all dangers. The Prophet, peace be upon him, invoked his Lord. O Allah, sender of the book and speediest in taking account, vanquish the enemy. O Allah, give them a tremendous jolt. In answer to the Muslims' prayer, Allah sent down a violent storm and an army of angels against the enemy forces. Their utensils were overturned and their tents uprooted. All their belongings were strewn across the camp. The freezing cold also shook their resolve. Disheartened and dejected, they prepared to withdraw. That night, the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent Hudayfa to gather information. Khudaifa went deep into the enemy front and came back unaffected by the storm or the cold. His news about the retreating enemy relieved the Muslims, and they all went to sleep. The next morning they found the battlefield deserted. The enemy forces had assembled in Shawal the Fifth after Hijra, and for one long month the Muslims had lived under the threat of a massive attack on all fronts. It was al Qaeda that the enemy coalition finally dispersed, It had been the biggest ever attempt to capture Medina and annihilate the Muslims, but Allah had confounded their machinations. With the failure of such hardy warriors as the Quraysh and Banu Hadfan, quite naturally the smaller enemy tribes took heed. They did not dare take on the Muslims, and Medina was safe at last. The Prophet, peace be upon him, declared to his men, Now we shall attack them, and they will not attack us. Our army will march upon them from now on. And that's where we leave our book reading for today. We're reading from the book, When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarakpuri. If you'd like to listen to this and other podcasts on this book reading, please go to vocfm.iono.fm and click on the book reading channel. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.